there. Welcome to episode 3 of Death by Papercut, a show about stencils and the people who have decided to spend all their free time cutting tiny shapes out of paper. I'm your host, Joseph Richards, and you can find me on Instagram at InThePerimeter. Today I'm joined by Mowgli, a stencil artist out of Baltimore, and this was a really great conversation. We got into a lot of different topics relating to stencil art. Um, I'm always impressed by people that can do these big murals, so this was a really good episode for anyone that's looking into get, getting into murals or people that are already doing these murals. There's a lot of good insight into that process, and I'm sure you'll find plenty of things that can be helpful to you. We also get into the greatness that is over the top, and <laughs> I could honestly do an entire podcast just about that movie, so if you haven't seen that movie, number one, how dare you? And number two, it is back on Amazon Prime. I just checked. So go ahead and check that one out if you haven't gotten the chance to see that yet. So that's enough for me. Let's get on to Mowgli. Hope you enjoy. So we just talked for about 20 minutes off the air, but welcome. Welcome to the show. Appreciate you doing this. Thank you. Thank um, you for having me. Happy, happy Wednesday. Yeah. um i kind of kind of the first thing i I ask people is how did you get involved with stencils like i I was talking to anthony last episode it's so random and i don't really meet a lot of people in real life that do it so just kind of how how'd you stumble across it and then how'd you stick with it so long yeah so uh so my name's my name's mowgli i go by the artist name mowgli uh i started back in honestly i started back in like 2010 like, like it was a tail, like 2010, 2011, it was like the tail end of college. And I went to, I went to Virginia tech. Uh, basically like it was like the su- summer after my like four, like fifth year. And there was a graffiti writer that came up. Uh, his name was shades S H D Z. And he tagged like everything, like the alley to class, like the church behind my, my house, like the Seven Eleven that we went to all the time. So I was like, man, like this is some terrible graffiti. Like I just, it was just, it was just vandalism. It just, it just didn't look good. And I saw it was like weird. Cause it was like Blacksburg. It was like a small town in Virginia that like, there's more college kids than there are like townspeople. So it was very odd to have like a graffiti writer, like try and take over that kind of territory. Um, but yeah, anyways, so that came up and then like, I was like, man, I'm tired of seeing this in the alley every time I walk to class, like every day. So like I talked to the building owner uh it was seritano's it was like an italian restaurant and i was like hey like i've never done this before but i'm really tired of seeing this graffiti like do you mind if i buy like do you mind if i buy like the house paint uh like that color matches the wall and i'll buff it out and then if you don't mind like if you just give me permission like i'll try and figure out if i can paint like some beautiful like some beautiful imagery images some like positive imagery on like the walls and then like, honestly, like that's how it started. Like it just started like that. I wanted to do like some Mario pipes on the garage door. I did like a big light bulb so that you could look like you had a big idea when you walked under it. And then yeah. like I was in college. So like anytime I got invited to like a birthday party or a birthday happy hour, like I would make them like a little eight by 10 portrait of like their favorite celebrity or musician or like athlete. And then like I was there and they're like, oh my God, this is so cool. And everybody's like, oh, like, can you make me this? Can you paint me this? And I was like, sure, like 20 bucks, like take care of my bar tab, like no big deal. And then like, honestly, I didn't, I painted for a bunch, did a few murals in Blacksburg. And then I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to move on with my life and go do marketing. Like that's, that's what I went to school for. And 
never really planned or like intended on being an artist or being like a full-time artist. And then it wasn't until like a year later in like 2012, like 2011, 2012, when I moved out to Vegas that like I had like a really, I had like a, I had a bad breakup with this girl I was seeing and she talked some shit about like my, my work and my artwork. And then I kind of said, fuck it. Like I'm going to go for it and prove her wrong. And it's just kind of been like, not, I mean, it's been built up since then, but like, that's kind of like how I got into it was like trying to beautify Blacksburg and to like, just beautify the buildings just to appreciate it. And then there was like a really big sticking moment for me. Like I did like, so I got that permission for the building. Uh, I was doing everything, hand cut stencils and I did Mario, super Mario level one, one. So it was like 75 feet down the alley, six feet tall. And it was like the entire world of Mario. So you could see like, every cloud every bush every mushroom every like coin and like fire thing that came out of like the boxes and stuff and even like the underground level and so like you could walk around it and basically like play the entire level as you walk down the alley and so like i was walking to class after i finished it like end of summer and there was this mom like walking her little like her little boy like down the alley and the little boy was like mommy mommy like that's mario like that's so cool and like just like jumping up and down like tugging his mom's arm just like walking down the alley and like they didn't i mean I'm, I'm walking like you know 20 feet back 30 feet back and like i still heard the kids saw the kid and like it was one of those things like it like i don't know i wish anybody that did, did public art or has a chance to do public art like gets to see that reaction firsthand like that kid and certain reactions to certain ones of my pieces and stuff like that is like the reason why I'm still an artist and why like I still want to do this. It's like, I mean, it's like a chasing a dragon always, but like those experiences and to affect people you don't know and to have a visceral effect on like the general public like that is like, it's just a super beautiful thing. And it like, it makes that like, it's like that scene in the Grinch where like his heart grew like 10 times oversized. <laughs> like it's like, you know, I, you know, it just, yeah. it's nice to make someone happy and, and have that effect on people. That's cool. Well, that's wild that you just jumped right in and did a full scale mural. Is so that is your first stencils ever? You did that, Mario? Is yeah, that the first. So, like, the first stencil I ever did was a multi layer of Kid Cudi. So, like, okay. I think I learned. I think I learned like the same way you and Anthony did, like, like stencil evolution. I kept on googling like how to do a multi layer stencil or how to design one, and like there was one that had like that took like this picture of Ali and broke it down into four layers, like, you know, light gray, dark gray, black, and then white. Yeah, I did that stencil. Right, exactly. I think everybody (laughs) tried to do that stencil in, like, their style, which... Yeah. But, like, so that, and then I did this image of Kid Cudi, like, you know, just belting it out on a mic, and I painted it on, like, a 12 by 12 canvas panel, like a board, like one of those board Uh things. Like, in my apartment, I was, like, in my house, I was living with, like, I was living with like seven dudes at the time. I just painted in my room, had a gas mask, like a respirator on with my cat in the room. I felt so bad for my cat. I was like, this cat, they don't make, they don't make respirators for cats. And this cat should not be in this room right now. But yeah, that was my first multiple layer stencil. And then like, I was just doing like portraits and stuff. Like I was just trying to do portraits and the, the Mario layer stencil was insane because I didn't understand registration marks then. Like I didn't understand how to properly layer the stencils so that it always lined up. So I was just like basically hitting the pixels pretty close because like with the pixel art and anything that's like eight bit, it, everything lines up exactly as long as you hit the bits, like the hit, hit hit the squares, you know? Right. But yeah, I kind of just like jumped into it just cause like, 
I was always fascinated by spray paint. I was always a huge fan of like uh, streetwear, like urban culture, like, you know, I was just a big video game. Like I was a big video game guy. Like I love like that neon Tokyo that like, I, I just, I was into like a lot of nerd shit. So like, and then graffiti and street art and like that art world was always a part of it. So like always been aware and especially with like the marketing and advertising and like kind of like what I was always into and what I studied, like it kind of, you kind of always aware of good design and good advertising and good like pieces, I guess. So now it's like, it was kind of like jumping into it and, and, and doing it for what I wanted to do, I guess. Right. Like, I mean, like, honestly, like the, I, oh, I get asked that question a lot. Like, you know, what do you make? Why do you make it? And it's like, I paint like shit, my friends like, and shit I like, like, right. it, like it's like, I don't know. Like, like that's a, it's a, it's a hard question to figure out as an artist, like what makes you unique in a, in a field of a bunch of artists, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, your, your style is definitely unique. I mean, I can look at pieces and, and for the most part can tell kind of who does them. And it's, it's also like you spend this much time doing this. You want to do stuff that you enjoy. So I did want to ask you about that. Like how you kind of balance that between making stuff that, you know, people will buy and still being able to do stuff that, it's stuff you would do otherwise, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's gotten, it's gotten tougher like recently. Like I honestly haven't taken a lot of commissions in the last like year, probably. Um, like not that I don't want to, or that I can't, uh, like right now it's like, you know, what am I putting out there? And it's like being consumed pretty quickly. Like, I mean, I, it's, uh, not to like toot my own horn and not to like, have, have a big you about it it's just it's odd it's odd now because i'm i'm painting on these street signs and i'm painting these these sad pop girls with these you know, really vibrant like rainbow fades and that kind of stuff and like i'm usually getting like two to five inquiries on it on like trying to buy it and then like it'll usually sell like within 24 or 48 hours of like when i put it out there so like there's like people like wanting to purchase the work and wanting to support the work and i'm very grateful for it and i'm very like i don't i try not to think about that a lot like i try not i try to i try to balance it out like honestly i was supposed to take this entire month off uh the entire month of october off i just i've been burnt out since like june just been doing like murals and commission work and trying to like you know be a full-time artist and like uh do this like during covid you know um but it, like that balance of like you know when do i do a commission when do i you know, take that. It's just, it's, 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 it's kind of based on like my mental state and like how I, how I'm feeling. And then I think that's, it doesn't really make me unique, but that's why I don't do a lot of series and that kind of stuff. I don't do a lot of like three piece or five piece or like 10 piece series. I do a lot of like what, you know, what I'm going through at the time, like what comic books I'm reading, like what, like breakups or like what bad stuff, like my friends are going through. Like, it's not always, like my experiences that I'm painting towards, like I honestly, like it's also like, I have a lot of ideas and imagery and like mood boards and stuff that it's just planned. It's just all these ideas that I want to put on canvas that I want to put on street signs that I want to put out there. It's just a timing thing. Like, it's just, it's not a constant flow. And, that, and I think that's a tough, like one of the hardest things that a lot of artists struggle with, but can't really vocalize is it's really tough to want to paint and want to create and want to make things and then not feel it. And then you're feeling like you're like forcing it. You're feeling like you're squeezing like, like toothpaste out that doesn't want to come out. Like, so like I just try and I try and balance it. I try, you know, I try and make sure that 
I'm, I want to paint what I want to paint. And it's, it's tough when you have to paint and you have to take on commissions to pay bills and rent and you're worried about that. So it's always, it's just, it depends on the month, honestly, it depends on the month. It depends on the quarter for quarter, the quarter for me. Yeah. So like commissions, you just take basically whatever they ask for, or do you have certain parameters? Like you'll work in this space or it's, it's just kind of. I'll, I, I'll take any commission, but every time I've been <laughs> asked, yeah, like I give them a heads up. I'm like, listen, like it's a, it's a two to six month wait. And then yeah. my prices are, my, my prices are, I mean, they're pretty high and they're really high. If you want to do like a portrait of people, like I've, I get asked a lot to do engagement portraits or portraits of people. And it's just, it's like a thousand dollar minimum. Like it's just, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of editing and breaking down layers of like, it's easier when you're doing pop stuff. That's why I love being a pop artist. Cause like it's easily recognizable. It already has that connection with people and you're kind of like bringing new life to old imagery from like the sixties, seventies, fifties, that kind of thing. But like a commission depends. Like I, I would love to, I, I love taking commissions that are like my style and what I'm into. Like if you look at my work and you're like into comic books and you're into like old school vintage romance comics and you want to add something or do something this that fits your house, like hell yeah. Like I'll, I'll be into it. I'll, I'll put it in front of my queue. If it's something that's like, I'm not really into or haven't done in a while. Like I just super raise the, I mean, the price is high cause it takes a long time and it just depends on like my schedule and time pretty much. Like I, I like I'm, I'm blessed to be not have to take a lot of commissions. Like I honestly just haven't in the last like year and a half, two years probably. Um, and they come in here and there and I don't, I don't, I just don't commit to a lot of them. Like I'm interested if it like, it works out and like we have a conversation and like there's a lot of trust or the, the budgets there. It's like, it's like one of those things with like anything else. It's like, uh, the, the money has to be there. The time has to be there or like the intent in the project. Like, so just depends, just depends. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. And especially those pop ones I imagine are easier to, to bang out. So you can kind of produce on a regular schedule. If you're taking one of those big commissions, like that's probably literally all you're going to do for a couple months, you know? So I could see being, being selective about that, being that big of a, a time commitment for sure. Yeah. And then like, it's, it's interesting. Cause like, you know, when you're, when you're releasing these pieces and it's like, you know, new arts coming out, like, and the original's already sold, like you have to go get that original photograph. Do you have to consider like what print editions you're going to make of that? Like what kind of print release you're going to do? Are you going to do stickers? Are you going to do patches? Like there's a lot, there's just a lot that goes into it. Like, I guess I'm like been focused on the business side for a while. And now like uh, this year, I really feel like a store. I really feel like I have like a lot of product, like stickers, magnets, pins, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So like, it's interesting. Like, I don't know, just commissions and stuff. It's like that one piece. And usually like a private commission, it's that one piece that stencil really doesn't get used again. Like sometimes I've given the, the client the stencils, like, cause I'm just not going to paint it again. Right. And, and then like, but then, you know, another piece of mine, I can sell prints of, I can do, there's, you know, it's, there's, there's all, all different kinds of avenues. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, I, of course I don't do this full time, but I remember when I first started, it was kind of the same thing I just did basically what anybody asked me for just to practice. And then I had somebody that wanted a commission. I was like, whatever, I'll just do it just to do it. And then they, they, they ghosted me after that. And oh, after God. that, I've just, <laughs> I've just been like, never again. I just, I don't care. I'm just going to make what I make and they'll just stack up in my room. But that just gave me a, a bad taste in my mouth just from, just from the beginning, you know? 
So everybody, every artist has that. Everybody, every artist has that story where it's like, yeah, like it was a friend of mine, it was a homie, and he commissioned uh me to do this, and I got it done, and then I have not heard from him since. And it's like, what the hell, man? Yeah, I kept it forever too, and then finally, I don't remember. So when I lived in Austin, they did like an art giveaway every every Friday. They called it Free Art Friday. Yeah, Free Art Fridays. Hell yeah. Yeah, you probably did them in Vegas. I think it's. I mean, it's not exclusive to Austin, but um, I finally just. I gave away a bunch of inventory when we lived out there. So that was, uh, that was a fun thing to do. They, they do it here too, where I live now, but it's, um, it's a little different. So got to bring it back. It's just different, man. They it's, it's, um, it's like kids art projects. It's like books. People want to read. It's just like random shit. It's not like, uh, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not, it's yeah. It's all over the place. I mean, yes. I know the best, I mean, the best is like when, when artists do it themselves, like when artists do it yeah. themselves and they just do it randomly and like, you know, the neighborhood or know the spot or whatever. Like I know, I know Nils does that a bunch in Richmond. Like it's always, it's always a cool idea to do that. Like just do hidden drops and stuff. Yeah. I think once I, once I get some stuff painted again and, and start getting some, some more pieces, I'll definitely start just dropping stuff around downtown or um, maybe do an art show. In yes. The spring if, if those come back. Yes. Um, you should plan one so, now. Just ran out of hall. I'm telling you. Just host, host your own. And then tell. Well, this is, COVID is the best. COVID is the best like excuse for an art show because literally you can, you can rent out any space and you can say, listen, there's a maximum of 10 people in this room. And you could bring 10 of your friends and say, we're sold out and you can't come in and just not let them in. And then uh, anyways, the more important thing, any, the more important uh, aspect of it anyways is the online gallery. So people that can't tune in can virtually go and walk around the gallery and look for stuff. But I mean, you don't have to go to a gallery opening to appreciate the work. So it's like, we're, it's a, we're in the new time right now as an artist, like everything's online. It's not really like those online thing, the, the, the in-person meetings and in-person stuff. That's, I don't know. I feel like it's gone away a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's the part I really enjoyed the most though is I'm not a super social person, <laughs> but <laughs> it, it is always cool to go to those shows and get to talk to, especially if it's like a stencil guy. Um, it's cool to, to be able to talk to them and find someone, you know, like speaks your language. Oh you yeah. Know? Cause it's, it's hard to, it's hard to explain like simple stuff. I think people get, but you know, you get too deep into it and it's without going through the process. It's really hard to follow. There's, there's, there's levels to these stencils. There's levels. to Yeah. This shit. <laughs> For sure. I did a show uh, in the fall and you try to, the people that would stop and talk to me, I would try to explain kind of the process and they're like, Oh, that's cute. And you just kind of keep on walking kind of thing. Cause it, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Like if I heard someone say, yeah, you know, I just, I cut all this out of paper with a knife and then I, I paint it with spray paint and it takes me three months and they're like, Oh, sounds like a, a productive hobby you got there. <laughs> it sounds so, like, a, sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, <laughs> like you have to, like, I, I run into that a lot and like, unless I have a frame stencil or a stencil at my booth or my table, like people don't understand, like they understand it's paintings. They understand it's spray paint sometimes, but then they don't understand how you used aerosol and stencils to like produce what we, what we produce. Uh, so like having like, uh, like a float frame or like a see-through frame with like a stencil in it. Like people are like, Oh, and I'm like, Oh, you hand cut that. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. I love, I, like I, you, you talked about it with Anthony. Like I love, I love the nature of hand cut stencils. I love like the therapy of what we create. Like it's a lot of, 
it's a lot of alone and in your head time. And like, it's like, it's like painting like your living room wall. Like you kind of like your mind kind of turns off you, you're in like the zone and then time kind of passes and you are kind of working out other things in your head. Like, so mm-hmm. I, like, I think that's like that. I think, I think that's how all, all the stencil artists and all the people that we've met through each other through like Reddit and the stencil, that stencil subreddit, like we're all connected through that because I think we all understand that it's like, it's a very tedious task to do it. And then it's not like you can have like three people on a stencil, like cutting it. It's always like a very individual, like one person. I understand there's like two person teams and like that kind of thing, mm-hmm. but like there is this kind of, it's not religious or anything, but there, it is kind of like this therapeutic. <laughs> I don't know. How would you, I mean, how would you describe it? Like, how would you describe like, that I guess that Zen, that Zenness to it. Cause it's like, it's dozens and dozens and dozens of hours, you know? Yeah. I think therapy is the right word for it. I mean, it's especially like the more of my life that is like digital and online. It's nice to have something analog, so to speak, where I'm just working on that. And then I can, I don't know. And I can see when it's done, you know, I have a, I'm going to work on this spot. This spot's done. Okay. It was a good day. I can measure progress, you know? it's, it's relaxing for me too. So same thing you're talking about. I can just kind of let my, my, my mind wander. Cause at this point, you know, the cutting is kind of on autopilot for the most part. You kind of just plan it out before you get going. But once you get going, I don't really have to think about much. So I think, I think therapeutic is probably the right word for that. Yeah. Yeah. And if anybody, anybody is listening and just getting started this, like you have to understand I've been cutting stencils for almost 10 years now like nine or 10 years now. And you've been cutting for what? Six. I probably caught my first one maybe 10 years ago, but um, I haven't been solid through that whole time, but probably a good five, six years. Yeah. Right. Like, been, yeah. I feel, I feel like people get discouraged so easily. Like I, I've had a few opportunities to teach some stencil classes and like mm-hmm. aerosol classes coming up. And it's like, what can you legitimately learn in a, in an hour if you've never cut a stencil before, if like it's safe yeah. enough for you to hold an exacto blade and you to cut a shape and cut some stuff, like how fast and how much can you cut? And it's not a lot. So it's like, <laughs> and, and I feel bad. Cause it's like, you know, you want to encourage people to like do this and then like they actually sit down and do this with like a cereal box and like an exacto blade. And they, it's like, man, this is taking too long. My hand hurts. Like they're putting way too much pressure on the blade. Like, and then they just never do it again. But yeah, I love, I, you know, it's always nice to see the the kids or the the new people that you're like, man, this person's going to be with this for like years. Like this, you can tell like artists that are like, um, they're going to stick with this. Yeah. So when you do this, what's, what's kind of your go-to um, learning stencil? I guess you just print out the same one for everybody and kind of just work off that. For like my technique for how I, how I make stencils. Well, just if you were going to teach it, if you were teaching one of those classes, like what, what's, what would you start with? I see like, that's the difficulty right now is like, I I don't know if I would teach it to teach exactos and like how to cut. Like, I feel like it would be best to have them have pre-cut stencils and then learn aerosol basics and how to spray. Oh, that's a good idea. Cause well, like, that, cause like, that stent- makes sense. Cause yeah. like you can, I can have like three to five pre-made stencils on a table in a group setting and teach you how to layer them and how to paint them and what registration marks are. It's a lot harder to, it's a lot harder. And I think it's a lot, not as much fun if I'm like sitting there and being like, all right, this is an exacto blade. Like this is very sharp. You need to use <laughs> two hands and you need to like pull away at the paper as you're cutting the other way. Like you need yeah. to trust your brain and the fact that you're cutting a straight line. Like there's, it's, I think you can go into it and I can talk about it for an hour, but 
I don't think there's a lot of people that are like, man, I really want to learn how to cut tiny holes in paper like for hours <laughs> on end. I want to sit at my desk for like eight to 10 hours after I get home from work and I want to cut paper. Like it's just I, like, I don't know. Like I, I'd teach it if you wanted to learn that. It's also, and then like, it's a lot of like kids and teens that yeah. I get an opportunity to. So they're like, we're allowed to use the exacto blades and scissors, but like not by themselves on like a Zoom call. So like there's that whole online thing. Like, yeah. No, I got you. But, well, that's a good, that's a really good strategy though. You kind of work, work backwards almost and really see if they're interested in the process and in the final result. And then you can teach them like how to get there. And that yeah. makes sense. Cause even the layering, like I still look at some stencils and I don't totally get how they, like I'm trying to use incorporate bridges more, mm-hmm. which I've never done. I've always hidden them. So I still look at stuff and I'm, and it takes me a few minutes to even figure out what's going on. So I can imagine like your first time, I remember my first time. I mean, it's just hard to until you do it. That's a really good idea to have them paint it and then explain it. Yeah, because I think I mean that's my that's kind of my teaching. It's, it's it's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to be playing. Like you're supposed to be having fun with aerosol and a spray paint can that you've never used before that you always wanted to try. But you know, it's supposed to be a mm-hmm. you know, there's it's supposed to be fun. So it's like if I. I, that's what I, I love. Like, you know, I like that wine and canvas kind of thing that sip and sip and draw, sip and pint. Yeah. We got this. Yeah. Like I just, huh. I just haven't seen it done really well with aerosol yet. I know, uh, I know plastic Jesus. He did, he's, he's done like a few classes, like where he takes like four to six or 48 students. And I know, um, Drewby art in the UK, he's done mm-hmm. some like workshop, like stencil workshop classes with like kids and stuff. I just haven't, I, I haven't, I've been talking about it for years. I just haven't had the chance. I haven't had the right chance to do it. Yeah. No, that's a good idea. I wonder how much, how much demand there would be for something like it. See, we're going to get all these businesses. We're going to have your shot, your, your <laughs> class. We're going to take Anthony's spiders. We're just going to throw all this stuff together. It, get, I some, think, uh, get some stencil franchises going. I think we have a stencil kit, man. That's a stencil <laughs> kit right now. It comes with stencil spiders, comes with some nuts, comes with, <laughs> comes with like a video link, you know? Yeah. I was making some of those yesterday. Uh, and my son was sitting there watching me. He's like, what are you doing, dad? That looks <laughs> ridiculous. That's such a, that's but, such a stencil thing. It's like, oh yeah. What is, like, oh yeah. The stencil spiders. Yeah. You know, from cut and destroy. It's like, what are you guys talking about? What right. are those things? Like, you guys are <laughs> unfolding paper clips and taping them. It's like, yeah, we need them. We need them. We need to put down it for the, for the fine details. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's, it's such like a, uh, just a different language. Like you don't, unless you're do you, in that world and, and you don't even think about it. Like I tell my wife about it and she's like, Oh, that's cute. You're making your little, your little paint things. I'm like, no, I, I need these. I need these <laughs> for this weekend. Do you, do right. you use spray adhesive at all? Are you a spray adhesive guy? I or no? no, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it. Anthony uh, doesn't use it either. Right? No, he doesn't use it. I, I used to. And then I'm kind of now I kind of like the overspray. So it doesn't bother me. Um, so I, no, I like being able to adjust it too. And it, I don't know. I just think it's easier without it. I started, I started doing it here and there on like my final black layers, like just yeah. slightly and like recycle propaganda. He's been yelling at me for years to use spray adhesive. Cause he thinks it's such a waste for me to use the nuts, uh, yeah. the weights to like weigh down the stencil. Um, and you know, it's always nice to try things. And then, uh, yeah, I, I was, I, I wish I, I wish I could have joined in on the conversation with Anthony and you. Cause uh, like, you know, we're very, we're all hand cut. And then like, I have a plan, like, so I'm 32 years old. I plan on not on using machine cut and laser cut when I turn 36. 
Um, just like, I don't know, honestly, like I've, my hands started to slow. I've been using exercise, you know, doing exercises, that kind of stuff. But yeah. I've noticed like, uh, definitely starting to have some wear on my hands and like, just it's sore more, that kind of thing, like more fatigue, that kind of stuff. So I think I only have like another, like three to four years and then kind of switch the machine cut and laser cut and see like what I can push with that medium. Cause I think I can do different things or different, uh, create different works. Like if I focused on that, uh, element, yeah. you know? Yeah, and that also, he and I talked about that, and it also gives you a chance to experiment more because, like, your your turnaround time is going to be so much quicker to, you know, get something cut and you you paint it out and see it as opposed to to hand cut and everything. So, yeah, that makes sense. It's funny if you picked a you picked an actual age that is younger than I am right now. So. <laughs> well, I don't know. I wanted to transition too. Like I, like I've been going by Mowgli art since, you know, 2010, 2011 or whatever. And then I wanted to transition to like master Mowgli. Cause I've been in it yeah. for like 10, 15 years by that point, <laughs> like, you know, master splinter. Uh, yeah. And then like start doing like laser cuts and like, you know, have like a big <laughs> wizardy brown wizard beard, you know, <laughs> you got it. You got it all mapped out. I'm impressed. <laughs> That, that, and my dreams of being an actor, you know, yeah. like, like four years. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I go back and forth too, man. I don't, since I just do it for fun, I just, I like cutting them. But if I got in a position where I was trying to sell stuff, I think I would probably consider that a little more seriously switching over just, just for time issue. I mean, I got, I work, I got kids and, you know, I don't have too much free time to do all this, but. Um, since it's just for fun, I don't, I like doing it, but I can definitely see the benefits of, of having stuff machine cut. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, there's all, it's all, it's all balanced. It's all about like that. The, the laser cut takes a while. It's a lot of material costs. Like you're talking chipboards. Mm-hmm. It's, it's heavy. You got to figure out like a, a different system for mounting them. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, I love seeing everybody do it differently. Cause like you see like, you know, Finch Finch is probably a world renowned stencil artist now. Like he's crushing it the way his style, the way he does it. Like it's, it's very fascinating to see like glimpses of how each stencil artist is producing this work. And it's never the same. Like it's, yeah. it's similar in certain areas, but like, there's not a lot of people stepping on each other's toes. Like everybody's kind of found their lane, which is like, I don't know. That was like the toughest thing. I think that was like a big turning point in my career was like, it was like two and a half, three years ago. And like, I was talking to a few of my close friends and a few of just like the people on my team, like my homies that like have been around since like I started doing art. And Mm -hmm. we just kept on having these like long discussions of like, you know, what makes you unique as an artist? Like, it was a really difficult question to answer. Like, it was just really hard question to answer. Like what, you know, there's a bunch of stencil artists. They all use stencils, paper, aerosol, grayscale, monochrome, all this stuff. Like what makes you different than every other stencil artist? And it was a, it was a tough question. Like, you know, it's not like keeps me up at night and like rocking back and forth, but like, (laughs) I mean, it did, it did back then. So like, you know, so two, three years ago, I kind of figured out, I'm like, listen, like, I'm a huge, like I just a huge pop culture nerd. Like I'm, I've, I've always wanted to stay. I like staying relevant. I like seeing what's everybody's into. I like paying attention to, you know, the newest movie, the newest music, the newest, whatever, whatever the kids are into these days. Like I want to like, be <laughs> able to like be aware of it. And then I'm a huge movie buff, like love movies, love movie quotes, like love a lot of that stuff. And then a huge comic book guy. 
So I've been collecting comics since I was a kid. And then I started collecting them a lot harder. Like I would say four or five years ago, I got really back into it. And then it was just basically like focusing in on that. Like I love having cheeky sense of humor and doing quotes. And then I love doing this pop imagery and vintage comics from like the, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s. Like I have some certain rules for like when and where I source images and then like just pop art. So like same thing we talked about earlier, like just stuff I like. So it's like, I don't know. It's always, it's always interesting to figure out like why an artist paints or whatever uh, leads an artist to painting just that for his entire mm-hmm. career, their entire career. Like I'm just going to paint this over and over and over again until I die. Like, yeah. <laughs> and you got to find that, you got to find that whatever that is. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's something to be said for that, right. To find that and, and just stick with it instead of kind of bouncing around. It's funny. You said that though, that we all kind of stay in our own lanes and it's, that seems weird to me, right. Since it doesn't seem like a, a huge community, but yet, there's not a lot of us like stepping on each other's toes as far as content goes. I, that that kind of always surprises me. Like even the amount of people that I follow, like on Instagram, everyone's stuff is still a little bit different. Yeah, and I, I mean, you, and also like I, I never understood. I never understood that criticism or that like I guess negative take on on I guess not paying homage, but like artists. Like there's a lot of artists that try and call out other artists and it's like, oh, you're biting off this person. Oh, you're stealing from this like famous artist. And mm-hmm. it's like when you're coming up as an artist, when I was a young artist and I'm still like to me like a white belt, like I'm still a novice like artist, like trying to learn from the greats. So it's very like if these greats are already there and, you know, we're all looking up to Warhol and Lichtenstein and D-Face and Banksy and all these people that like we looked up to and have been in the game like 10 years before we even thought about being an artist. And like, we're not painting their works. We're trying to emulate them. We're trying to emulate the greats and take what they did and make it better. It's like the whole, you know, good artist copy, great artist steal. Like we're all trying to find our own lane. I just never understood like the vitriol, like with like other artists that are just starting out or haven't established themselves for like five to 10 years. And they're like, mm-hmm. Oh, you're biting this, you're biting this. Like I get, I get a lot of comparison to, um, to Ben Frost is dead. Uh, and I love, I love his work. Cause I've been following his work since like 2011, 2010, like when I first started and like, he had the idea to paint like pop characters and cartoon characters on top of, uh, pharmaceutical like labels and boxes and that kind of stuff. And like, it's one of those things where it's like, man, dude, I had that same idea to do the same thing with like this kind of imagery. I'm like, fuck, he did it better. He did it bigger. And he was more well-known than me. Like, so like, I, like even if I, we did similar pieces at similar times, like it doesn't matter. Like it's, it's just a wild world like that. Like, I don't know. Crazy. Yeah. No. But, I, yeah. I, I agree. It's what's, well, I mean, that's probably a good, I don't know. People, I guess people like to feel like they kind of made their own way and you should do kind of probably reflects a lot of the, the social stuff we're going through right now. But, um, even like out in the business world, it's like, I think they call it like standing on the shoulders of giants. Like you don't have to start from the bottom to, to do everything. You can kind of take what came before you and build on it. And then kind of like what you did, you come out the other end with your own style. So Right. Yeah, I, I, don't. Think I, I think I realized that like, I, th- I don't know if someone told me that early in my career or like I listened to another like veteran artist and I hope if anybody's listened to this, like you don't like, I don't, I don't ever discredit where I came from or where I started or like the early work I made when I was like stumbling and finding my footing. Like mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of artists are too hard on themselves and look back or like they 
are hard on themselves in the beginning and they don't let themselves like make mistakes or learn, just learn lessons. Like you're allowed to learn lessons and make mistakes and be like, okay, I'm not going to do that again. Apologize, move forward. Like it's, I don't know. Every, like it's, I, uh, I wish I could give artists that are trying to do this and to do what we do, like the confidence to just like, just to believe in themselves and just to be proud that they're just learning and that they're going to get better. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, just kind of you, you got to invest in the process itself at a certain point, right? And not be so worried about because I mean, honestly, the stuff you do at the beginning is not going to be great, you know. Oh, so, no. so I, as long I, as you're, <laughs> I, love looking, I love looking back, man. I love looking back and just like, man, that cropped that cropped edge was in the middle of the campus, just like floating there. And it's like, man, those colors just didn't work. And you posted this, and you were like very serious about selling it back then. Like, look at you. Oh, I. My uh, luckily, all my Facebook stuff is gone, but I remember posting stuff when I first started, just hideous. Oh, yeah, and people and people liked it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm doing good. I just <laughs> keep rolling, with- <laughs> I should keep rolling with this. But I mean, yeah, you look at it and like part of it is, um, I could still appreciate some of the ideas behind them, but like just the execution is just bad. I know. The colors are bad. The paint's bad. Like even like it also, it's also like it compounds, it compounds it. Cause like it's, you know, it's 2020 now and you look back at like pre 2016, 15, 14 and like the cell phone quality of the photos, like that doesn't help it. So like, it's like, it could have been like a decent art piece, but you're taking it with like an iPhone, like an old iPhone photo. So it's like, Oh, that painting looks terrible. Like that lighting looks terrible. And like, yeah, also look at like like that better. Like the beginning, (laughs) the beginning of the Instagram feed, like when you're posting artwork, (laughs) it's all like the, the filters, like everybody, blasted their stuff with filters in the beginning like yeah <laughs> yeah i like that excuse better it's just the camera quality and not not my artistic nah, abilities. it was blurry there yeah. was definitely like vaseline <laughs> on the lens back then in 2015 <laughs> that's funny that's a good idea um i this is not stencil related but i just wanted to ask you since you talked about movies what's your what's your favorite movie do you have one <sighs> favorite maybe, movie maybe if you're gonna do a, a top three instead of trying to Man, I mean, like favorite movie of like, all time. That's hard, man. Or if you let's say maybe rephrase that. Uh, if you want to like recommend a movie to somebody that you think every, a movie you think everyone should see, maybe. Is that, is that easier or harder? No, uh, that's all hard. <laughs> that's what she said, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought of, I haven't thought about it in a while. All right. Man, I can't. Yeah, I haven't. I honestly, I can't. I can't. I can't. There's not a top three or a number one movie that's like you should definitely go see this. Yeah, okay. like all the top lists are great. I mean, I like. There's a really bad movie I like called Never Back Down. It's an yeah. M- it's an MMA, MMA movie. movie. Oh, it's yeah. terrible. But like, I have watched that movie so many times with my homies. Like, yeah. Like, I like really good bad movies. So like. <laughs> Like I, I know I'm saying I love movies and like great movies and I'm like you know what my favorite movie is Never Back <laughs> no, Down. Never back down. <laughs> see that movie. Never Back Down. Uh, and then <laughs> what's, that's not a good no, movie. <laughs> I've seen that a lot of times. They actually have some good good music on there too. Great, you know, great soundtrack. Great, you know, quotable moments. Like <laughs> yeah, it's a terrible movie. You got, you got the villain, the skinny 130 pound dude, just wrecking everybody. <laughs> It's just, it's just very quotable between me and my friends. That and then, you know, Tron Legacy. That's a classic. Just because okay. the soundtrack. Basically, I only like movies with good soundtracks. Okay. So, let's see. I was trying to think. So, you're well, you're a little bit younger than me. You may not go for the, the 80s movies. Oh, yeah. Are you serious? Roadhouse? 
Yeah, yeah there Roadhouse. You go. That's All right. that's a classic. That's we, my favorite. We we can be friends then. Bloodsport, well, Bloodsport, Roadhouse. That that's always on. That's yeah. like that's like one of the top you know top ten movies I put on in the background when I'm cutting stencils. Roadhouse. Yeah. Every once funny. in a while, great lines. <laughs> Mine's uh, over the top. Over the top. Oh, the, once you put the hat on backwards, you know it's business. Love it. I do. Yeah, the, do you do the it. same thing when you paint, or do you wear a hat when you paint? I do because my hair is getting really long now, so I got to keep it out of my face. Yeah. So, so you yeah, do. You, do you, so that when you put your respirator over top your hat, it's easier when your hat's backwards. So yeah, I think you got to. We got to film a video of like the switch. Turn it on the switch. Yeah, yeah you cut. To work. You cut together Stallone. You just do the same thing, like do the same <laughs> angles. Just turn the background in, then you just like stand at that stencil. You're spraying down. Yeah, sweating. <laughs> That's good. That'd be fun. That's good. Yeah, we just do that. We don't even need to put the painting in there. I feel like that video. That is bizarre. Right you can there. sell yeah. <laughs> the video of that. You can sell the, the SD card. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, no, that's my favorite. It's my favorite bad movie, definitely. It might just be my favorite movie, period. But I don't know what that says about me. But I uh, I love that movie. It's a classic. I don't know. You should have no shame. Stallone. The soundtrack is great. I love how they say his, his last name differently throughout the whole movie like sometimes it's hawk sometimes it's hawks like they don't even agree on they don't yeah yeah no. what his name is yeah and then they actually had they had the uh they had the actual like world's world uh wow can i arm wrestling champion he was in the movie he was in the movie there's a documentary about that guy yeah that pulling john I've pulling john that. that's him john. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah i saw that I've too there you go yep. well yeah because they thought I don't remember what year that was. It had to be after Rocky had to be after Rocky four. Um, so probably late eighties. That'd be eighties. That sounds right. What? Well, yeah. Alonisance. <laughs> they, um, well, they thought arm wrestling was going to be like the next big thing. I think they thought that was going to be a, a huge movie. So I don't know. They were right. Right. The arm wrestling still. <laughs> <laughs> and little did they know they were right. <laughs> I mean, it's a huge worldwide phenomenon. We're going to catch yeah. the arm wrestling championships this weekend. <laughs> We're still talking about it, right? So mission, mission accomplished. Hey man, I got to wear my hat backwards when I paint this afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> in That's honor, hilarious. in honor over the top. That's so funny. Yeah. I always mention that people, very few people know what the hell I'm talking about. So that's my, <laughs> that's my gauge to how, uh, how cool somebody is. I'm hoping they know and have, have seen that. I mean, speaking of, I, I know you're a big fa- fan of uh, metal music, right? Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, I love the name of the podcast, the, you know, Death by Paper Cut. And I think, you know, you definitely have to have those, like a metal intro, right? I've got one. Um, I've got a song. I just forgot to put it in last episode. <laughs> okay. So. Is it a metal song? Yeah, it's metal-ish. Okay. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I just, I just, I, I like, I just love the name. I love the name. I like the, you know, I like that you like metal. I can imagine like some really cool stuff with the the name. Yeah. I had the name actually, I don't know. I had this idea like three years ago, but at that point, somebody I feel like I remember had, seeing it. I feel like I remember you seeing that oh. three years ago. And then I feel like I remember like checking on your profile like a year or two ago and being like, <laughs> this dude hasn't posted in like three years. And I was like, all right, well, I guess he's not a stencil artist anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, once, once we started having kids, my, uh, my painting went went to zero, but yeah, I had that, and then somebody owned the domain. Like I own the .com now, but so I actually bought one. It was like Death by Paper Cuts with a Z mm-hmm. .com, just to just to have it. And then yeah, I 
I talked to some dudes, but I just never, never did it. Hey, so, it's, time, yeah. it's time now. It's time. And yeah. you have a, how many kids do you have? You have one? I got two. Two kids? Right now. That means you got to yeah. make two paintings a year for their birthday. That's how, <laughs> that's how it works. Is that's that how, all? I mean, I mean, at least, like, I mean, that's how it works. Like, if you, like, you got kids now, I understand it's harder to paint, but you got to paint for their birthday every year. And then they got okay. a painting every year and until you give up, which is, you know, that's, that's a lot. It's a lot of pressure to paint every year for their birthday. Yeah. That's a good idea. It might give me something. Well, they're both within a couple of weeks of each other. So perfect. They get yeah, the same painting then. <laughs> Different color. <away. laughs> yeah. Pink, pink background and blue background. Blue background. We'll there you go. That way. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's funny though. I have started like incorporating them more into my work. Um, that's definitely one big thing that's changed just like on subject matter. Yeah. Even just, even not just doing like photos of them all the time, but like cropping those down just taking, you know, kind of pieces of those photos that are still them, but you know, obviously not everyone wants to see pictures of my kids all the time. It's not super, <laughs> not super interesting that anyone that's not their parent. But I mean, you never know, dude, like, you know, your photography and you take the right photos and you, you tell the right story. I mean, you already, you already did that a little bit with the, that sense art piece you did, you know, like yeah. you're going to have like, I, I don't know. I, I'm very, I'm very grateful for, for my best friend. He's got uh he's got two daughters. So I've already been talking to him about like, you know, when they get older, like when they, when they do like Halloween stuff and like cute kids stuff, like it'd be really great to work with them to do like references for paintings and, and concepts for like certain things like you're doing with your kids it's really hard to capture like that moment or that mm-hmm. memory or that kind of thing but like i think you have the unique opportunity because like it's just like you know you can take a photo of it you can produce a painting of it you can change certain things you can model certain things but it's always uh, it's always interesting to like you know everybody gets older you, you, all, you always mature so like what i wanted to paint five years ago ten years ago isn't what i'm pa- wanting to paint now um so it's, i don't know like i understand what you're saying i'm also i, I think it's insane any artist that I, I understand you can have kids and be a full-time artist but i think it's insane anybody that's a dad or a mom and you're a full-time artist you guys you guys are awesome i don't know whoever does whoever does that that's 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 insane yeah i don't know i'd be if that was the case i'd be ordering that laser cutter uh now right that would have to be i mean it's like logan hicks i mean I, i'm pretty sure he has an older son He's got kids. Like, and I don't know. Yeah, they all. Yeah. Got, yeah, I don't. I can barely. I don't know how they do that, and and the the scale of the shit he does. Like, I don't. I don't understand. Yeah, how I'm, you get anything done? But yeah, it's it's wild. I'm happy to you know keep myself surviving and and my 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 lady you know above water, and that sounds good. I don't know if I can hold a full family, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> it's definitely uh, inconvenient at times. I'll say that. Especially with COVID, man. This year was crazy. This year. <sighs> yeah. God, how? Yeah, man. March. Yeah. Ugh. We kept them home for six, seven months with us. Luckily, like my wife and I worked remote before all this hit, so that didn't change a whole lot. But yeah, we had them home. They just went back in August to their school, um, and they're super young too. If they were older and, and going to like middle school or high school, I don't know that we would have sent them back. But <clears throat> they're in like a smaller. Uh, pre-k yeah they so. can't they can't go that far if they're that small right yeah, yeah they can't move around as much <laughs> it's not it's not as much work to chase them down yeah their distance you know, is limited they, yeah. they're not as fast yeah <laughs> you uh you mentioned photography do you take do you do a lot of i know you do a lot of pop stuff but do you do a lot of photography that 
maybe you're going to use for stencils later on? I've, Is that something you're into? I've always wanted to. I guess, I've always known that I, I have to get into photography at some point. Um, I've done like three or four different shoots with, uh, with models and concepts that I wanted to flesh out. Um, mm-hmm. So like I, you know, borrow a friend's camera or my old roommate's camera and then uh, collaborate with a model to try and do some future paintings and that kind of stuff. Um, so I've done that before and I've planned on doing it. It's just, it's really, it's, I'm just, I'm, I'm a fish out of water with like photography. Like, it's just, I'm mm. not, I'm not, I can't, I don't have the time to put into it. I would love to be able to do it. But for me, like I also get, I, I, I try and collaborate as much as I can. So I'm, da- I, I'm much more comfortable collaborating with the photographer, like to war- to use based on their photo or if they can take the shot that I'm looking for, like, especially with like distance and stuff, like the more I'm getting into the work I'm making, like I need uh, photographers that specialize in certain things. And there's certain elements that like I can add um, from my, uh, like when I'm painting that you can't a- add digitally or with the, the photography with the phot- photographer. So it's like, it's kind of like something where it's like, there's, I have like probably three or five designs that I shot and started designing and I was breaking down the layers and I was like a day or two into them. And I was like, this is going to take too long. I have to like wait until I can commit more time to it, which is like crazy. Cause like, I don't know my, out- my output is like chaotic. I think like I'm not, I don't really, like you answer. I think we, before we started recording, like you're like, yeah, like if you want to talk about uh, like your structure as like a full time artist, and I'm like, man, there's no structure. Like it's chaos. Like it's just like, well, well you were like one of the busiest dudes I follow <laughs> online. It's like you're always you. You were talking about earlier. You got like stickers. You got buttons. You got paintings. Now you're doing. Um, you were posting up some some shirt designs. Yeah, I'm like I don't I don't understand. Even like this is your full time job. I'm like shit. I don't understand how you have the time to I know it's like all kind of under the stencil umbrella, but I mean, that's like a lot of different skill sets, you know, that you're bouncing around between. Yeah. I think, I think I'm trying to like build up towards uh, owning a gallery or owning a, a retail store. Um, I kind of had experiment last year with uh, brain eaters. Uh, we did Cerebro. It was like a month long pop-up at a gallery in uh, Highland town, Baltimore. Um, and I would love to do that again. Like I'd love to do a store or be like a resident artist uh that like you can visit and stuff um it's just i don't know it's just it's like wild like i love i love being able to make this much product and be a full brand um and it's just always that balance of like and i think i like i think that's what i'm struggling with recently is just like being consumed too much and having like too i guess like not i guess it's a bad thing to say but too much success like i have a bunch of DMs I haven't responded to, a bunch of emails I haven't responded to. If you're listening to this podcast and I owe you an email <laughs> or a text or a call, it is my fault. And I don't know. I just, it's been a lot. It's been a lot this, this whole year, I guess, this year for me and my career. And it's, I think it's a good thing um, to be consumed this much and to have people su- want to support you and want to buy your work and, you know, want to help you out. I think it's just, it's a, it's like a lot of attention all of a sudden because like this is all I've been asking for for the eight, nine years I've been working towards this or seven or eight, you know, seven to nine years I've been working towards this is like, you know, just, uh, be cool with my art, like accept it, buy it, want it. Like, you know, just uh, recognize me as an artist pretty much. Right. And now that I have that, like, it's like, uh, I want to maintain that you have to, it's very precious to have that kind of attention and kind of have that adoration from, I guess the general, but from the public, from people you don't know, from strangers, Mm-hmm. And I want to keep it 
And I also want to like keep producing fire. Like I want to keep making really good, strong pieces. And it's like, it's just, you know, it's a lot of pressure and you kind of, you got to figure out what you're made of when the, you know, you're facing this pressure. Um, and it, there's a lot of different directions I can go in, in my career right now. So it's kind of just like taking the right opportunities as they come in, come into, like come into play. Like right now I have, there's a few murals. Like I still have uh, two to three more strength murals to do. I might not be able to do it before it gets too cold. So do that in the spring. Um, there's a bunch of like, I mean, if, if you're an artist and you do murals and you want to do murals, you definitely look into grants and public grants and public funding and those kind of stuff. So like right now, um, working with Lucky Squares, hopefully we're putting out bids for um, for more stencil, public stencil art projects, uh, first quarter and second quarter next year, which is like wild. Cause like to me, like I don't, as an, I mean, I don't work like that as an artist, but you know, I understand businesses that work like that. Like we'll get paid for a job and a check for a job that a budget has to be, you know, paid or spent by the end of the year, but we're not painting a mural or doing that project or that street project until like end of quarter one, like April or May. Like, it's just like, that's, you know, that's wild to me, but like, that's what I've been like into recently is just basically like murals, like big murals and like big buildings to be able to do those and have that kind of footprint. And then like the public art, like it's really hard work and it's really like, like manual labor. It's not that creative, but it helps me be able to spend more time in studio and make more money for, to be able to spend on like product and like what I've been investing in. Um, so that's like, like, yeah, what I'm like that. Cause you know, when winter comes around, there's just not a lot going on. Like not that there was a lot going on this year, but once it's too cold to paint outside from like October to March, like I'm kind of like hold up in studio and like planning my entire next year, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I got you. Um, I do want <clears throat> excuse me. I do want to ask you about like your process for murals, but I want to circle back to something you just said. Do you feel like kind of this, this, um, level that you're at kind of snuck up on you since you're so busy? Like, I know you said you kind of been working to get to where you um, have this much attention, so to speak. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it snuck up on me. I think what happened was like every, like, every, like the way I take my career and the way I look at every year is every year I set a goal for the year mm-hmm. and like, uh, for something I want to accomplish like six months. So basically like I have like three or five goals I want to, I want to achieve in the year. So like last year it was like, I want to ha- I want to show at three events that I make like over a thousand dollars at, I want to sell a piece for over a thousand dollars and I want to something else. I wanted to do a show in three different States. So Maryland, Virginia, and Pennsylvania. So like last year, those are my goals. Like I had the whole year to accomplish them. I had like six months goals and like, I just, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's how I got them. And then this year it was to push the event season farther. So I wanted to do, I did artscape last year, which is like Baltimore's biggest art event or Maryland's biggest art event. I wanted to do like five to seven, uh, artscape level events so it's a lot bigger uh, risk like it's like 750 to 1200 dollars i'm spending for like a weekend like mm-hmm. to try and make you know three to five thousand dollars like that kind of stuff um so that was like my plan for this year and then you know <clears throat> come second week of march when covid got announced and that happened and you know all the events got canceled all the you know 
massive gathering has got canceled for like the rest of the year. Like that week I lost like probably 20 to $30,000. Like within like, you know, within a week, it's just like, you got to think like, all right, if I do 35 events a year and if I had like three to five mural quotes out that were, you know, for two to $5,000 and I usually make, you know, 500 to a thousand dollars at each event, like I lost like $30,000 in that week. So like this whole year, I just been kind of like focusing on the designs, trying to be more, relevant and cheeky so basically you know the social distance piece the six feet motherfucker the uh central saint karen that nurse piece like you know supporting uh healthcare workers and first responders and then you know the strength piece uh supporting black lives matter and now it's just like you know making certain pieces that you know have a have meaning behind it like i'm able to make some i'm able to make enough money on those new pieces um i think it's just all of a sudden like i've just there's a, uh, I have a lot of eyes on me in Maryland and not that I didn't before. I usually do when I do all my events and like my name's in, you know, people's mouths and in the hat for a lot of things. But I think this year, especially like I put myself in front of a lot of things and now I'm a name in Maryland. So like, just got to kind of ride it. And I'm very, I'm very happy and very grateful to have the support of the general public and to have as much support uh, with my artwork this year. So it's just kind of like not thinking too much about that while like maintaining the wave and just making smart decisions, I guess, you know, it's yeah. all, and it's also like, I don't know, I'm, I am just one person. Like I, I always say we as the brand and Mowgli's a brand and it's like, you know, there's a team cause there is a team behind me. Like, you know, I have the support of my friends, my family, like I have a bunch, like probably three to seven people I call constantly to be like, is this a good idea? Is this a bad idea? Like, like, <laughs> is this like, cause those are my homies that like, they're my no friends. Like they don't like, Oh, this is awesome. Oh, I love this stuff. Like they're like, no, you can do better on this. No. Like, why don't you do this? Like that? Mm-hmm. Like I like keeping those people around. Yeah. That's important though. I feel like a lot of the, probably like the online feedback you get is generally positive or it's just like, this is awesome. Or, I don't know. I feel like some people could post this is not directed at you, but people could post anything and would get like a positive response, whether it's actually good or not, if that makes sense. Right. So you have somebody that will give you like good feedback before you, you know, go invest your time in a project is probably invaluable to have around. Yeah. Like I, that's always the advice I give to like young artists or any artists starting out is like, for one, like don't take criticism from people you wouldn't take advice from. So if it's someone you wouldn't ask their advice of, or it's someone that doesn't know what they're talking about, like who cares what they're critical about? Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter. And then like, just like the whole, like, I feel like there's a good, like six months to 18 months when a person's, when a person first starts out as a creative, that's like, I want to be an artist. I want to be this. I want to be a photographer. I want to be whatever it is. And they try and they do it really hard for like six to 18 months and like all their friends support and their close friends support. And like, either get some success or no success or all the success in the world. And then they either continue on and continue doing it or they don't. I think the big issue and a lot of people make the mistake in the beginning, like as a young artist is if you surround yourself with all your friends and all the people that love you and want to support you no matter what, which is great, but they have to be honest with you and you have to be honest with yourself. Like, is this work good enough? Can I make it better? How am I going to be a better artist? And like, 
a lot of people don't have those honest people in their lives. That's like, Hey, like, I know you're trying really hard and I know you love this piece and I know you think it's really good, but you need to just drop this crop edge to the bottom, or you need to make this mm-hmm. color brighter. Or like if you just did better lighting, when you hold it up, like it would sell easier or like whatever it is, like you just have to have those people around you and not have a team of yes. People that are saying like, you're the coolest, you're great. Like your artwork's great because all of a sudden, like you have all this great artwork and all these people love your work, but nothing's selling. Like at the end of the day, you have to sell it and someone has to like it enough. Like we're, someone has to like it enough that they're going to purchase it, you know? Yeah. I guess like likes are cheap, right? But getting someone to follow through to a purchases. Right. Is a whole nother level. Yeah. And that's, and Anthony and I talked about this kind of about the subreddit. Like that's what I, I wish that was more of a, had some more like constructive criticism for pieces on there. And even when you see it, I think people don't necessarily take it all that well. Yeah, Most of the time. you have to like, which is weird, especially like, you know, there was something with, with Nils the other day. I don't know if you saw, Mm-mm. but he offers like some, you know, very constructive criticism. And somebody was like, well, ignore this guy. He's just mad because it's so good. Oh God. And I'm like, yeah. All right, man. Yeah. Do you know who you're talking to? Like, yeah, exactly. I, I like, man, well, yeah. that uh, Nils chimed in on one of my pieces. Like Nils is a, he's a legend. He was doing he had time-lapse videos before I even cut my first stencil. Like I swear I was watching him on YouTube before I even started oh, doing this. For sure. I remember. Yeah. I'd love to talk to him one day. Yeah, he's, a, he's a kid. His brain. Yeah. I know he did like, um, it was like the old man in the sea. It was like, was like the first video I saw him doing that. Um, yeah. And then the, he had the crazy color one when that was huge, like that eight foot one. But yeah. Oh he, yeah. The guy with the, yeah. Like, so he's he, like getting, shot in the back of head with it and had like right. butterflies yeah yeah, yeah yeah i remember that but uh That's yeah speaking, speaking of criticism yeah like uh, like it's it's weird on the forums because it's like you have to you have to kind of check out each each person's profile to be like oh, okay this is this artist <laughs> like responding like this is worth it because like i think it's the same thing with mine yeah. like i know whenever i comment like you should probably listen or i'm not commenting to like toot my own horn i'm trying to help you be a better artist um yeah. i remember him he commented on one of my pieces like four or five years ago he said uh, he said in a really polite way, like basically, you know, you should stop using gloss, gloss spray paint, like stop using gloss in your paintings. Cause I think my like light gray layer was always, uh, Rust-Oleum, uh, the light gray, like the winter gray. And he said that on like one of the Reddit posts. And I was like, man, like if he's saying that and he's at that level, like I should probably fucking listen. So yeah, like slowly I transitioned and like even recycle propaganda, like there's people that are just like, you need to use higher, higher quality paint. I'm like, but I'm so poor. And like, <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, so it's like, you know, my paintings have looked a lot better in the last like two, three years. Cause I only use, you know, Montana 94s and Montana blacks and hardcores now. Um, but it is like one of those, like you should listen. Like, I, I don't know, like it's people aren't always there to be mean to you. And a lot of times people are right. Like uh, you will find out later that people were right. Like, but it's hard. To, it's hard. It's really hard to take criti- proper criticism on your artwork. It takes a long time before you're able to do that. And I think a lot of people, when they're learning how to do their art, they don't understand like when you're trying to sell it. It's the same thing as like burning it. Like it's the same thing. It's like you know when you put something out there for sale and you say like, all right, this is for sale. Like people can be critical on it. They should be, and it's only to help you be a better artist. Unless it's like super negative stuff. I mean, you know. But those are just you can recognize that. You know. Yeah, I feel like you can filter out stuff that's not not useful. And then, I mean, hell, he posted, um, I think it was on Instagram, like a story of one of his test sprays. And he listed out like all the 
you know, little spots he wanted to fix, what he didn't like about it. Right. I thought that was like super useful. And if you see someone like that picking apart his work that critically, I mean, I feel like you're, you know, just your typical painting can, can stand up to that same kind of scrutiny. I think it's so. also, I think it's like, you know, we talk about these artists. I think like uh, we're all, this, I think people that are very critical about their own work, like, I think we all want to be great. Like I want to be great. Like I, every painting I've made, I know there's a mistake. There's something I could have done better. There's something I could, could have done cleaner. And like, mm-hmm. until I get to that point that I'm satisfied and I'm like at peace with my work, I don't think there's ever, I'm ever going to get there. Like, I don't think I'm ever going to achieve that, but that's like, I think what makes great artists great is they're just never done. Like they're never yeah. done improving and it's never just going to be like, okay, like I've done this. These are good. I'm just going to keep doing these and never get any better. Like, I think you can always push an envelope further. Um, to, I don't know until the brakes fall off. Right. <laughs> yeah. Until you're 36 and then it's so all over. Until so you're 36 and then you're lo- using lasers, man. <laughs> you're using lasers <laughs> and you're trying your career as an actor. Yeah, and you're gonna have robots doing your spray painting. It's just all over. But, oh my yeah, god, I mean, that would be G to have a robot, a little director set, just spray my stencils. Especially, yeah, I guess like especially our medium. Like, there's so many, there's so much margin for error. I feel like on the cutting or the spraying, there's always going to be some spot. You know, if you're looking closely enough, that you would have wished you you'd done a little differently. No matter how much you like the final result. Yeah. So, and I guess I did. Oh, yeah, God, all the people doing the half sprays, you got they're all insane. All the people, they, they all, all the multi layers and the half sprays and the half tones, all the stencil stuff and all the spray paint stuff's insane these days. It's, yeah, I know it's kind of depressing. I look at people doing like these full color pieces, and I'm like, I just, I would like to start moving into doing a little bit of color, but I don't even understand how they do them. Yeah, like Rome, like Rome coach in Japan, like. Uh, or Rome Couch. I mean, he's God. He, like he does the multi full layer stencils, wall size, like hundreds of layers, like hundreds, just hundreds of layers. Like each element's like seven to fifteen layers, and they're like nine. They're like fifteen feet by ten feet. It's just insane. Yeah, I don't. Well, I wanted to ask you about yeah, your murals. Yeah, yeah, I don't understand yeah. how. So you do. Do you use hand hand cut stencils on yours? Yes. Is that how you okay? Right. So everything's hand cut. Um more recently, like probably four like probably five or six years ago, I started using uh wide format printing. So I use a uh large format printer, uh usually three feet wide. Uh I have a producer in Maryland. Uh shout out to Repro Graphics. Uh they do uh they do all my printing. So for the strength piece, like the strength mural was the full size of the mural was 16 feet wide by 10 feet tall. So the element of each character is nine feet tall and six feet wide. So I did nine three by three sheets of paper. So it's six feet wide, nine feet tall. It's six, six pieces, right? So I did six pieces. There's a registration mark that goes, that blends between each section so basically printed it all out, um, cut it. It took me two days to cut, like two, 10 or 12 hour days. And then on the third day, uh, I screened the stencil. Now I understand like, so teacher, teacher one, uh, the stencil artist based in LA, he has a stencil method for how to apply a screen to a stencil with like Elmer's glue. And he uses like the sun to like heat it off and stuff. Recycle and I, Recycle Propaganda and I, we had to do this um, 
a year and a half ago, we had to screen a stencil that I cut for a mural we were doing. I just, I made the stencil way too weak and like, it was my fault. Like we just didn't plan on screening it. So what we do is we buy the indoor screen material at like Home Depot, uh, you know, the smallest mill. So it's like basically like a very small, fine uh, wire mesh. And then he, we took you mean like for windows yeah kind of that? yeah okay. same same material um so you can cut it really easy with like scissors so then mm-hmm. um i use gorilla glue but you can use super glue you can use like hot glue guns and then you just kind of you cut the screen to the same size as the paper and then you just glue it on and just let it let it cure overnight mm-hmm. and so that way so i've painted the strength mural dc the board and then two in baltimore i've done it four times i can probably paint it another like I would say like five to 10 times before the stencil was trash. Oh, wow. So like, I mean, that's the same thing with like my, my stencils, uh, my paper stencils. I use uh, regular copy paper or 11 by 17 tabloid paper. And then all of my areas that I cut, I masking tape it. So I have heavy duty masking tape or heavy duty um, packaging tape, like clear tape. And I basically, you know, it's like the same thing as if you, uh, what's that called when you, uh, put plastic on a paper. Oh, laminate. Yeah. It's the same thing as you laminate it, but it's only on one side. Yeah. I got you. So that's okay. like, so therefore like my paper has strength to it. It doesn't have the little strength as if it's just paper, but it doesn't have like too much thickness as if it was like 160 pound or 112 pound cardstock, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Then, um, yeah. So th- those pieces, like I did it as a hand cut stencils for the murals just because I knew I was going to do it in multiple at multiple locations. And then the other way I've done a mural is we've done the projector. We've projected, you know, I have a, I have a pretty powerful projector I bought on eBay and you just get a generator out there and project it. Um, I've never painted a mural with the grid pattern. Like I know, I, I know artists that do it with the grids and do it with like, um, with like a mock-up app. Like I've seen artists do that. I haven't done that myself. Um, I've just done I've just done the projector, outline everything, then fill everything in. And then I really like this method with the handcuff stencils. I think this is the biggest width and height I'm I'm uh, comfortable working with. And then the goal uh, spring of next year is I'm going to do a two or three story building with the same technique. So do like one of my pop girls, like three stories tall. I want to, I honestly want to do it two different ways. I want to do it with the hand cut stencils and see if I can do it the way I imagine it. And if it's a waste of time and effort and money to do it with stencils. And then I want to do it with a projector and with freehand. Cause I have the can control and I'm comfortable enough to paint freehand. I just not, I'm not good at the scaling. Like, and I don't, I don't feel bad saying that. I don't feel like it discredits me. It's just, it's really difficult to paint at scale when you're at a 15 or 20 foot wall like it just doesn't make sense to paint certain things so it's like to me it's like executing like i have the imagery i have the rainbow fade and i have the skill set to to make the vibrant and choose the colors and execute it the way i want to i just want to get it on the wall so like even like there's an opportunity i have coming up to paint uh with not aerosol with like with like brushes and that it's like logistically it's going to take like five times the amount of time but you know it's just how you get on the wall and then i mean walls are i love walls like i love i mean the highlights of my year are the fact that i have two strength murals in baltimore that support black lives matter that's going to be up for two to ten years you know like i like i that, that those two murals that are up they're they're permanent like it's amazing to uh 
be able to be an artist and to have that impact and then to impact the community and impact people you don't know. And then also to have a lasting impact like murals are finite. They don't last forever, but they are around for like years. Like they, they, they're just like iconic in a certain area. So like, I'm very proud and very happy to be able to do that this year. Like I try not to think about too much, but it's like, it's awesome to have murals in my hometown and to like still get tagged in it like a few times a week, like people like walking or, you know, stopping by it or walking their dogs, whatever, you know? Yeah. So I definitely, no, and, I would, cool. and I would encourage like, honestly, like if anybody's listening to this, if you want to do a mural and you find a wall, like it definitely like ask other muralists, like it's a really popular thing right now. Murals and stuff. Murals, um, very hot, very hot right now. Yeah. It's super hot. <laughs> so hot right now. <laughs> mural, so hot right now. But it, it's, it's like, but like also like if you're listening to this and you're like, I want to get on a wall, I want to paint, like also understand it, it's like a construction job. It's like, mm-hmm. it's manual labor. Like it's not like, it's not like in studio when you're on like a easel and you're like having fun and painting at a bar or painting in front of a crowd. <laughs> like it's like a hundred degrees out and like you're, you spilled paint on yourself and you got to use paint, just paint your shoes now. And like, you know, you spilled a gallon of paint and then like you're going up and down a stepladder, like, a, you know, 200 times and like you're filling backgrounds. Like if you want to like know what a muralist is like, like go outside and roll like a 30 foot by 15 foot wall for like a few hours and be like, yeah, all right, well that's the background. And then you, the real work starts tomorrow. Like, yeah, but yeah, I know. I see a lot of people use like those scissor lifts and I did, uh, done construction before and those things are sketchy as hell. I oh, can't yeah. imagine being up three or four stories and trying to paint. And then you mentioned like how to gauge scale, like, especially when you're like right up in the middle of it and you can't really see what's going on. Yeah. That's gotta be nerve wracking to, to paint it and get down and then be like, all right, I guess I'm going to look and see if I was right kind of thing. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. Cause like, you know, especially with you using paint sprayers, you're using paint sprayers. You have to worry about like, you know, the debris and the overspray going on cars or like passing by stuff. Like you're up there uh, in the air, your machine could fail. Like I, I started being a little bit more vocal with a lot of call for arts and a lot of like open mural, um, like, uh, like, like, open submission, that kind of stuff. Because when companies and businesses and like coffee shops are asking artists, especially young artists or artists, they're like, they're like, Hey, just submit your ideas and you get to paint whatever you want on this 25 foot wall. And it's like, yeah, that's great and everything. But like that person needs to be trained on a lift. Like it costs like five, it costs like a thousand dollars a week to have a lift out there, you know? So like, it, it's dangerous. Like people have to understand, like it's, it's fine to be up on a six foot, 12 foot ladder, but like when you're on like a 24 foot or 26 foot ladder and you're up in the air and like there's people walking by and like, it's just, it's dangerous. It's dangerous and it's scary. And like, you know, most of the time we're negotiating for like the minimum $10 a square foot or whatever it is. And like, you look at all these walls and it's like, all right, this wall is like $30,000 like minimum. And they're like, really? Is that? I'm like, yeah. Like it's like with the lifts and the paint and the, like the design times and this, and it's like, it's just, it's, it's, it's scary. And it sucks. Cause like you wish that there was a higher industry standard for it. Like you wish there was a standard pricing of like, all right, this is the agreed upon <laughs> price of what a mural costs. And there is a yeah. national standard and it is like $20 a square foot. But like people that want murals don't either don't have that money or they don't, uh, they're not ready to pay for it. So it's like, 
it's like, and then, you know, if I turn down the job and I say, no, I got, I'm not interested in the project, like some other artist does it uh, or lowballs it. And then like, you just got to be careful. Like if you're an artist, look, if you're an artist, listen to this, like be careful what free ideas and free consultations you give people or businesses, especially if you don't trust them, and if you don't know them. And if you don't trust somebody, make sure they sign an NDA before you meet with them about anything. Because anything that you tell people in a meeting, anything that, you know, your ideas for what they want to do for a mural or colors you think that should work, they're going to just go use those ideas with someone that they can find that's cheaper. That's someone that's cheaper, that's someone's more inexperienced, that someone doesn't know any better, that doesn't know it's dangerous to be up on a lift and it's hot and it's scary and paint's expensive. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I just remember the, the training we had to go through to get up on those things right, on, a, right. on a job site. And even that, I was still like, if I had to move more than like 10 feet, I'd bring it down about 10 feet and then drive. Cause I mean, that yep. thing just shakes the whole time. And yep. yeah. So you, it's funny you mentioned that we have a, a friend here that does murals and she's the one that did my uh, logo. And she had that happen to her where she, she spent all this time to mock something up for a business. They wanted a mural on the side of their, their uh, building. She gave them the mock-up, gave them the price. They were like, no, and then like a week later, they post on their Facebook, they had taken her design and given it to somebody else. And they Ugh. painted the exact same thing up there Ugh. and they posted it and not given her credit, not paid her any money. Like she would have been like, fine, we'll just pay me for the design. And, you know, if you want somebody else to paint it, whatever. But they they didn't say a word to her and just and just, you know, Ugh. farmed it out and posted it. And it was she was really uh I would have gone. I would have gone. Devastated with a, by that, yeah. I would have gone with a fire extinguisher the next day and blasted it out. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely people like that out there. That's that's good that you, um, you know, being in your position, look out for those people that are just getting started. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I, like I think I just see them now. Like I'll get tagged in them because it's like call for art or send send us your ideas or you know we're interested in a mural like your mural here or whatever. And then like I'll get tagged in it or I'll get it forwarded to me. And then like. If it's a legit call for murals and they have a legit budget that's like appropriate for the size and scope of the project, like maybe I'll submit, maybe it's cool to submit. And if they don't have that and they have no idea what a budget or what a mural costs, like they have no business in asking like for murals, like, and then it's like, there's a, there's, there's another level to that. Like, you know, that artist, whoever artists they had paint that, like that artist should have asked, like who made this who made this design? Who made this artwork? Like, I'm not like, I'm not saying like you should witch hunt that person, but like that person should have known not to paint that other person's work. Like you can tell if it's someone else's work. It's also, it's, it's also wild. Like all these people that are calling for murals and calling for art. Like I've been on so many pitch decks and so many like asks of this. They send me like a mood board. They send me like a mood board of like of other murals and like ideas that they want. That's like, all right, do something similar to this. Right. It's always like other existing murals. It's always like, I'm like, I know this artist. Like I know this other artist. Like you just, why don't you just hit up them? If you want their work, take their work. Like, like, I don't know. It's always like, that's like the decks I submit, like for the calls for art and for the, you know, opens for, proposals uh, some of the artists i work with we just send a deck and it's just like it's our skill set and it's previous works of ours like we would love to create a design for you we would love to make something beautiful and big for this building but we're just telling you that these are the four or five skill sets we have and our past career of 10 years as an artist and just trust us to know that like we'll be able to do something like do a banger for you like so i don't know it's always weird to like submit 
for a call for art and it's not just like what's your profile what's your artist what's your artwork look like like send us your top five pieces okay we'll work with Mm -hmm. you like yeah that's weird we also have to kind of educate the people on the other end too and not just other artists about what you know what what that process should look like yeah and i I honestly and honestly like recently like there's just more of a personal level but like i feel like a spring like i i honestly feel like a spring like i'm ready to just open up and use my talents and go, go, go and just get, and just go, right. Just paint walls, do, just use what I, let's do, do what I know how to do. And there's so much just like not red tape, but just like logistics and like little things that are just, it's really discouraging. And it's, it's a shame because all, all we ever need, all I ever, like I'm, I'm game. I'm like, I'm a very game artist. So if you have a writ of permission, if you can give me a writ of entry and you can provide the supplies and paint and like, a bathroom like i will paint a mural anywhere like it's like it's just like i just need permission that you are the building owner and that you are giving me permission to this section of the wall and that i get to mm-hmm. do whatever i want and i will paint whatever like whatever i want on there like it's just like it's easy it doesn't have to be like about it's just it's it's simple all it is is whoever owns the building gives me permission for this specific time and date i get it done like it's not yeah. it's not that hard that's not much harder than that you know yeah no i hear you there was a, have you ever been to Austin? I haven't. I keep like, honestly, Austin is the number one place that gets recommended to me in the last 10 years of like, I have to go there. I have to display there and I have to like see what, see what all the stents artists are up to out there. I was going to say there was a place there and I think they moved it since, since I moved out of there. But, um, it was like this abandoned lot. They called it castle Hill. Cause like, there's a house up top of the hill that looks like a castle, you know, mm-hmm, spoiler mm-hmm. alert, <laughs> but, um, so it's just like concrete walls and it's kind of like, it's kind of sketchy and you got to like climb through everything. And, but you know, people just go out there and paint and just hang out. And it was a really cool spot. I think technically you're supposed to get like permits from mm-hmm. a group that, that kind of managed all that. But that was a really neat place where they would just have, you know, a group of artists would be like, Hey, we're going to go paint today. Whoever wants to come, come. And just kind of like what you're talking about, just, Hey, we have permission. We're just going to go up here and paint and, you know, just see what happens kind of thing. But, um, I always thought that would be really cool to have like where I live now to have a wall like that somewhere in town that people could just, people could just get up on. It's easier. It's easier. It's easier to obtain than you'd think. Like I, like there's, it just takes the right meeting with the right real estate person and they own the building or an empty warehouse and then they just give you permission and then you just, go from there. I mean, there's graffiti alley in Baltimore, uh, Baltimore city. Uh, they, they basically started like that. Like it was just some artists that wanted to have an open wall. Then they got the business to link up with it and it's became its own thing and has like kind of steered away from what it was originally, but it's been running for like, I don't know, like eight, to 10 years or something. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I love open walls. I love the idea of like an open, street like designated street art area open graffiti area like just go and paint and there's no nothing and unless someone dies or something but just paint whatever you want you know yeah well i just have one more thing i know we've been going a long time oh you're good um, i would go as long as you want man i'm happy to i'm I, happy to be here i kind of wanted to circle back to your marketing experience do you feel like that's been useful um it probably has like on the business side right do you use a lot of that in promoting yourself and your stuff? Yeah. I'm on it. I mean, like, I think it's, it's been, it's been very beneficial to me to be both business minded and artistic and creative minded. Like I, 
I like seeing, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very, um, very well aware of like my brand and branding and marketing. Like, so I think I've thought about that a lot as far as like what I wanted to be and how I wanted to be perceived. And then it's just always just fine tuning that. So I think like it gave me a good background to see like the business side of things. Um, but I think I also like, I avoid always doing it correctly. I like it being very homegrown and it being very grungy and like, um, I think my, I think my brand just, I, I just, I'm very cautious of my brand to just be, uh, you know, just one man team handmade, everything that I produce, like I touch that kind of thing. And then it's like, now it's like kind of like letting people in, like, it's interesting to feel like I have to be more of like a content creator or more of like a public figure, like in front of the camera more just because of like COVID and like how things are. Like you have to, you really have to like let people in and let them know who you are and know what your brand's about and what you stand for and what you like and that kind of thing. And like the more you can get, people can get to know you, the more that like they'll support you, that kind of thing. Yeah. But so, so I guess you're going to head in the, uh, the shepherd fairy direction. You just got a crew. I make it for you. No, nah, I mean like I haven't, I, not really. He, like I don't, cause he just bangs stuff out. Like I, it's amazing. Like the, just the amount of, content he puts out right like i mean it's like like i don't like i don't know like i like making everything that i produce and painting everything i make like it it mm-hmm. would feel weird weird to me if i produced an addition or cut a stencil and then had someone else spray it yeah like it's just i don't think it feels right i understand i can do that and i understand like i don't i also don't understand like when i'm gonna up the production scale like that like, I don't think I'm going to like release a piece and be like, all right, this is the piece. And there's a hundred hand sprayed editions. And if you want one, it's a hundred dollars. It's like, it's like, it's like, you know, I love seeing people cause it's like, it's like, yeah, there's a hundred of these editions and they all go for a thousand dollars each. And I'm like, all right. So if you sell out of those, you're going to make a hundred thousand dollars minus like material costs, which is like probably 20 K or something. So you're going to make $80,000 in an afternoon after painting all week. And I'm like, Oh my God, like, what am I doing? Probably wrong? Like, yeah. And like, probably in like fucking five minutes. Right? Like he did, he did that release of the, uh, the John Lewis piece a couple weeks ago and they were only like 80 bucks. And I, I think there was like a hundred of them maybe. And they were gone within three minutes. Like I signed on at the time and they were just gone. Yeah. And that's like thousands of dollars in like minutes. I mean, I think, I think it's like, I would love to build up to that. Like I do imagine myself having like a warehouse compound kind of thing with a gallery. Um, I'm just trying to focus. I'm just trying to focus. Like I'm just, I'm I'm selling my uh, street sign originals for like over a thousand dollars now. So like, I'm just trying to, maintain like the quality of that work and like those clientele and then that is letting me do everything else that i've I've been doing and already do it's just like i get to sleep a little easier because i don't have to eat ramen tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel you so that's cool yeah well i'm glad i got in and got the piece for my son before you got so famous and jacked up your prices yeah you have you have a you have an x-wing piece right no, I got a um, I got a Calvin and Hobbes one for him. Oh, you have the original. You have the cal- You have the actual Calvin and Hobbes, don't you? Uh, I mean, it's spray painted, yeah. Yeah, yeah but, but it's but it's actually Calvin and Hobbes. It's not uh, Charlie Brown and Woodstock and Snoopy, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, so like that's like Hobbs. right. Like so, I only did that for like 
uh, probably like a year or so before like I felt oh, really nice. I felt really bad like because like it's a very against like Bill Watterson's like mantra and stuff. So like then I just like all right, well I was like I'm gonna keep the phrase and I'm taking peanuts because this is from a Met RX like a Discovery commercial like but um that's awesome that's awesome you have that original like yeah that's like one of the pieces like I don't make anymore like I made a few like there's a lot of pieces that's, like not my mistakes or whatever but like I knew I shouldn't have been you know just like painting that stuff <laughs> but like I still wanted to because I wanted to paint it and no one else was making it so like it was like that moral dilemma but I was also I just wanted to paint it you know. Yeah, no, I love it. It's um, we're, I'm making a frame for it right now. I'm gonna put it, put it over his bookcase, uh, yeah. in his room. Is that? And you sent me another. Uh, there's like a boombox piece in there. Too, oh yeah, enough. Hell so yeah. I got that framed. So yeah, I love I love those pieces. But but man, this went this went for a long time. Like this is this was great. I had a lot I had a lot of fun talking to you. Maybe um, maybe we could set up that three way with Anthony one day. That'd be That'd great. Be, I love, we could do a tips and tricks episode. Like, I mean, I like, I, I probably should talk more about, you know, what you should do as a young artist and some, some takeaways or something, but I would love, you know, I, I love the conversation. I love listening to you and cut and destroy and you and the wife. I, I, I honestly, <laughs> I, 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 I'm expecting to hear a lot of cool casual conversations with stencil artists and like what makes them tick and why they make what they make. So I'm, I'm honored to be uh be a part of the show, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean it's it's been a lot of fun so far. I'm I'm really looking forward to to keeping it going. Um well hell, if you want to throw out like one one tip and trick before we, before um, we call it. Yeah, I uh, one uh, one of the best advice I've ever gotten was from my old boss in 2011 and this is just important is it's 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 show business, not show friends. So <laughs> When it comes to business, when it comes to money, when it comes to your money, your art, like you gotta, you gotta treat it like a business. You can't treat it like your friends and your plaything. Um, and then also, I, I believe in you. Like I don't, you don't need to. Uh, my, I believe that you can be an artist. You can do whatever you're you're trying to creatively do, whatever you're trying to make. Like I believe in you. Don't, you don't have to have anybody else believe in you. If you believe in you, it don't matter. I believe in you. You can you can make whatever you want. Yeah. That's good, man. That's a good one to end on. Where um, I know you're on the Instagram. Anywhere else people can find you? Yeah, I mean, Instagram's the best way at Mowgli Art, M O W G L I A R T. Um, eventually, do not, do not send DMs. Do, they will not. They will not get answered. Yeah, I mean, right yeah, you can send them, but they're <laughs> just gonna sit. Like, <laughs> I mean, you could try. Like, I mean, the best way is to buy something, and then I'll definitely have to <laughs> send something out, and I'll have to respond to you. You're um, like those dudes on. I have a friend that does uh, streams video games. Yeah, uh, on Twitch, and he said there's dudes that will that will charge money just to talk to you. That's like, where I'm, that's where I'm trying to go. I'm honestly, I would yeah. love to. I would love to do a Patreon eventually, and I would love to start a Twitch channel where I get to like record, like just like live paint, and then just answer questions yeah. and stuff. Like that would that would be very fun to me. Yeah, that's a great idea. You should do it. Yeah, just got to. Yeah, among all your other projects, squeeze hey, that in there. There's a lot of time in the winter, man. There's more time in November, December, and January when it's too cold to paint outside. Well, we don't have winter down here, so I don't know what that's like. Oh, yeah, that's true. We right. have seasons on the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, brother. This was great, man. I really appreciate you coming on. All right. Thank you for having me. Thank you to all the people that support me and help me out in my art career. My name is Mowgli. Uh, shout out to all my team, VGS and Clan A. Uh, uh, yeah, man. I appreciate being on, dude. 
Absolutely. We'll do this again sometime. Hell yeah. All right, man. Thanks again to Mowgli for coming on to the show. I really feel like we could have talked for much longer. We actually spent about 30 minutes chatting before I ever hit record, so I'd definitely like to have him back on the show at some point and see what else we can cover. Um, So the tips and tricks is something new that I'm going to try out to end the show. So I'd love to get some feedback on that. And if there's any questions specifically that you'd like answered, please feel free to share those as well. Also, if you're interested in coming on the show, hit me up on Instagram at in the perimeter, or you can also email me for now at deathbypapercutspod at gmail.com. This has really been a lot of fun to do so far, and I'm really looking forward to keeping this rolling. So the more the merrier. If you're interested, hit me up. So thanks for listening. I'll see you next episode.